Welcome to Camp Creep. Hi, I'm Tish. And I'm Lauren. We are the camp counselors here at Camp Creep Podcast. Just two ghouls talking about anthology horror. Starting with Tales from the Crypt. Each week we crack some dad jokes. And ask the hard questions like, does the Crypt Keeper have a Wikifeed account? Creep through the Crypt with us every Thursday starting July 1st. Subscribe today on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you soon, campers. <laughs> I'm really glad I started recording. <laughs> Ray! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I'm so excited. You gonna put your headphones on? You wanna participate? No. Okay, well. I just like to live fast and loose, you know? Yeah. God dang it. Hello, you are listening to, or so they say, the podcast where two sisters travel small town America, one ghostly tale at a time. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Megan. Hello. We're back. Welcome back to another the, episode. The podcast, <laughs> this podcast, our podcast. Why does it feel like it's been 84 years? A long time since we recorded the last episode. I don't know. I really did a lot because a lot has happened this week yeah in the past week yeah yeah i from guess from the time we recorded last to now it's been a wild ride well i figured for you it'd probably feel like a long time because you got to go on a little vacation yeah i did we'll get to that mm-hmm. <laughs> i did i took some time off and it was much needed i think much deserved but i go back to work actually tomorrow morning and i'm really bummed about it i'm not prepared i'm just constantly working i'm actually taking a break from work to do this and then i get to go back to work which is a bunch of booty but i mean i guess you can't it is what it is but like my job is just so hectic lately and i just i need to get away for a minute this is my escape (laughs) and it's still work it's nice i mean we enjoy the work don't you don't you yes. enjoy it? We're happy here, aren't we? We're so happy. Yes. <laughs> so we're back to normal episodes. It's the second week, the second Thursday of the month. So I think that's it. You know, last week it's was a listener. listener yeah, it's always the listener that throws it off. It does. That's that's what it is. I didn't <laughs> realize it till just now. Yeah. So back to normal sort of whatever nor the new normal there's no such thing we're we're constantly changing things on you guys it feels like (laughs) as of late so there is no normal you never know what we're going to cover this week we're covering i just i don't know my vacation we're covering my vacation actually that's true this is where we got the inspiration for what we were going to cover and uh, honestly i had it in mind before we even went because the the talk of this place being haunted had actually come up a long time ago mm-hmm. when I first started dating Maddie because we went on a little weekend getaway with her family to Madison, Indiana. Yeah. They go every year for the holiday, the home tour. It's actually real. So this, I mean, you'll learn. It's <laughs> it's a really old city. And for Christmas, they like do it up. And there there's a number of like, I think 12 homes that they pick, not randomly, but like you, I'm assuming you can like, offered to be a part of it and they pick and they like the homes are different every year oh, okay. so they just show off these really old really expensive houses that i will never in my life be able to afford but, but 
it's it's very pretty <laughs> i've never even heard of madison where is it in relation is it northern indiana southern, southern very southern, southern. it's like oh. it's along the ohio i mean again we'll get there it's along the ohio it's like 30 remember how when we went to uh what is where is bobby mackey's oh it's um something licking i don't know i think i'm making that up i think you are <laughs> it's it's right over the state line though it's yeah just... so madison's <laughs> the same way like to give you an idea we stayed in an airbnb the first two nights before meeting her family in madison and our airbnb was in sulfur kentucky oh okay. and then we did 30 minutes across the river to madison huh. it's like 30 minutes yeah okay Okay. So very southern Indiana, <laughs> and you can you can tell, but there's also such a drastic difference in the vibe. Like when we were in Kentucky, you knew we were in Kentucky, <laughs> but as soon as we got into Indiana, I was I felt like so much better. I was like I feel at <laughs> just, home. Jeez, <laughs> it's well, and Madison I think is just a little more. Um, the fact that we like were driving down the street and one of the first buildings I saw had like a pride flag, a Black Lives Matter flag, like all these things, and I was like, wow, wonderful, great like yeah. it just seemed very inviting yeah <laughs> like it was it was a stark difference from the confederate and trump flags across the river i know man can we talk about how this is such a look i've already we've derailed <laughs> yeah. three minutes in we're gone i tried to watch tiger king season two did anyone watch tiger king went for that was like at the peak of we were all stuck at home in it, covid from yeah. covid yeah and i watched season one enjoyed it i thought it was interesting i mm -hmm. guess the story i tried to watch season two i didn't even get through the first episode it's so politically driven is not the word but it's 100 percent politics 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 because if you recall the tiger king was asking for a pardon from at the time president trump yeah and all of his those types of people and that I don't know, big cat circle are yeah. all Trumpers. And I'm like, man, the whole first episode is just about Trump, Trump, Trump. And I'm like, I can't. I did. I never even watched this. I didn't know there was a second season, if we're being honest. It just came out I, not too long ago. So hopefully I didn't spoil too much because I didn't even make it past the first episode. I just I want to watch stuff to be entertained and to get away from things. And when that's immediately thrown in my face the entire episode, I was like, man, I just this is hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a lot. It sucked that that's the way that it was. Like, we went to a little mom-and-pop breakfast place one of our mornings in Sulphur, Kentucky. Uh -huh. And I was so, I was like, we're going to walk in. And, like, if you know the way me and Maddie look, we're going to walk in. And they're going to be like, get out. <laughs> yeah, like, I was afraid they were going to give us the look. Like, first of all, you're not from, I'm not joking. We sat down and, like, the waitress was going to take our order. But she saw someone walking up to the building. She went, oh, and, like, ran behind the, behind the uh, counter with her stuff. I don't know. She just hid behind the counter. And when the door opened, she jumped out and scared the person. He's like maybe next time oh. <laughs> and then like while she was talking to it another customer walked in and scared her and like everybody's just like oh how's your brother how's your cousin how's your shit it's like the like the trope you couldn't have written any more tropey uh-huh and then she's like i'll be with you in a minute oh <laughs> We're yeah like, okay it wasn't it wasn't too bad honestly and i didn't hear any conversations around us that concerned me <laughs> Right. Well, so. that is worrisome when you go to smaller towns or 
it's mostly smaller towns yeah when you go to that mom and pop type shops and you walk in and they know you're not from there no, no one recognizes well, that's you how i feel going to lynn's pharmacy in brazil like and it's just brazil and you walk in and everyone gives you a dirty look like who are you yeah well, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But we are not in Sulphur, and no, we're not we, in Brazil. <laughs> we are in Madison, Indiana, which is very far south, Indiana, about as south as you can get. Okay. So, yeah. Well, Kelsey, why don't you tell us a little bit about Madison? Well, first of all, I should be drinking on this episode. I think I... I like, don't feel like you can't drink because I can't Or drink. I want to. I want to because actually we started... We finally remembered to open our advent calendars that we got. We got a whole oh. bunch of different ones. Chocolate, coffee, and especially if anyone has been with us from the beginning, if you recall the cheese advent calendar very excited <laughs> and it pairs so well with pretty much any wine and we i don't want to say how much it was but we bought an obscene amount of wine while we were there <laughs> oh we guys i just if you know me personally just follow me on social media i'll post pictures eventually but there were so many cats there were so many cats everywhere where at a winery that we went oh, to okay uh tbh cannot remember what the winery is called uh-huh. but bet- we went to two different ones and between the two we may or may not have bought 10 bottles of wine it's fine oh so, that's fine. so we can drink we have bottles to drink going forward i don't think any of them have any super fancy names they're pretty straightforward moscato chardonnay oh. mm-hmm. cabernet things like that yeah uh, but I'm not drinking this time, mostly because I figured Maddie would want to drink with me. Because I mean, they were all wines we picked out. So we at one o'clock, we're like, "Should can we drink wine now? Is it too early?" We didn't, <laughs> though. We made coffee instead. <laughs> uh, I feel bad because we can't do any. I mean, we can do fun pairings, but I won't be partaking. So it makes me sad. Can you? You can't even like have a little sip. I'm not trying to do Here's bad thing. things here. I don't want to say yes or no because I know some listeners who are probably parents are lis- hearing this and going, oh my God, I can't <laughs> believe she took a sip of wine. They're probably losing their mind that I drink coffee too. Really? Not, I Is have that- cut it down. You're supposed to not have as much caffeine. Oh. So I have cut my coffee intake down quite a bit and I'm feeling it hard, you guys. Can you do... No, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Apples. Oh, yeah. But I am I just can't drink like a 30 ounce iced coffee. You know, that's probably <sighs> not a good thing. Blasphemous. Yeah. I, I, when I do get one, I get a small. Well, anymore, it's hard to get coffee around here. We're finally seeing. Have you tried to go to Starbucks anytime recently around here? No. Understaffed everywhere. Went to one store, it said closed due to understaffing for the evening. Went to the one down the street, it said closed at 3.30 due to understaffing. Went to the other one, they were out of, like, everything we wanted. So, it's hitting hard, folks. Yeah, well, because our hospitalizations (laughs) are almost peak again. They said they haven't seen these numbers since when this first started with really? covid yeah they said they don't think we've peaked yet they said it'll probably be next month we'll be at our peak <sighs> yeah okay well i don't want to go down that road because i don't want to be in a bad mood good lord let's yeah. talk about scary cute, stuff cute mayberry like towns huh? sort of yeah it was it's a very cute town so i'm gonna start with like super basic stuff i believe this first chunk came from wikipedia because it just gives you like the the bare bones starter starter pack for a city right so here is the the what you need to know 
or which you don't need to know. It doesn't matter. It gives you an idea of what you're looking at. So Madison <laughs> is a city in and the county seat of Jefferson County, Indiana, which like I think we've gotten into the t- conversation of county seats before. Uh-huh. It's kind of like, I don't know. There's like you've got your how how did we even explain it i can't so you've got the president and then you've got the supreme court and then you've got the governors and then you've got senators and then you've got the thing below the senators and it goes and goes and goes uh-huh. until you get so it's like you've got your little city ran politics and then there's a person who runs over a group of cities and that is this the, place madison right well because does you that have make any sense a couple of cities the fall underneath the, scheme. a county so then you have one person that represents the county that has a few cities in it yes okay okay you did that much better than yeah <laughs> sorry i was struggling really <laughs> it's bad okay. it's like the ultimate mlm or whatever oh lord so. <laughs> So it's the county seat of Jefferson County, Indiana, United States, along the Ohio River. Okay. As of the 2010 United States Census, man, its population was 11,967. Oh, yeah, so that's pretty small. Pretty, I mean, that the thing is, I, the litter box, I just, there's no sense in... <laughs> it seems louder than normal. I don't know. It's really feeling it this time. It, it is. Well, y'all get to hear the dulcet hums of my lawyer box as well. So anyway, the kitten is watching it, making sure it's going well. Uh, So 11,967 people, which sounds very small considering where we're from is 60,000 some odd people. But I promise you, like, half of that is probably the city. The rest is, well, not half. Three quarters of it is the city, and there's tons of college kids. Mm -hmm. But So it is smaller, and you can tell. Over 55,000 people live, but over 55,000 people live within a 15 mile radius of downtown Madison. Because oh, okay. if it's so, there's such little pockets, like every, t- every couple miles, it's like, now you're here, now you're here. And I think they mention it here. It's, yeah, it's the largest city along the Ohio River between Louisville, Louisville and Cincinnati. So it's between those two, that's like not within much. close proximity. So that's, there's a lot happening. There are a lot of people within range Uh uh-huh and madison is one of the core cities of the louisville elizabethtown madison metroplex an area with a population of approximately 1.5 million oh so madison is thrown in the mix of like a lot yeah but madison itself is pretty small and quaint and like you said like mayberry-esque okay and then uh, Madison was founded in 1809, very old, mm-hmm. along the beautiful Ohio River. The city was bursting with commerce, had a very active steamboat port, and was home to Indiana's first railroad. Look, Look at, at that. that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it is because of this unique location and transportation infrastructure that Madison was primed to be a link on the Underground Railroad. The neighborhood known as Georgetown, which includes the African Methodist Episcopal Church, I did that well, was (laughs) designated in 2004 as the only Network to Freedom district. Four of the 11 sites listed for the Indiana Network to Freedom are in the Madison, Indiana area. Hmm. So almost, yeah, almost half of them are in Madison, which is small. Yeah. So it was pretty integral in that. I'm going to get into that a little bit. Um i suppose here this is this is now digging a little deeper i put more specific so let's let's dive in further okay 
Madison, Indianapolis, and Lafayette Railroad was chartered in 1832, and construction began in late 1836. The name changed to the Madison and Indianapolis Railroad in 1843 when it changed ownership. It became part of the Pennsylvania Railroad System in 1921, and river traffic dwindled and new railroads were built between Louisville, Indianapolis, and Cincinnati, and the economic growth of Madison slowed because now they're, you know, going elsewhere to the big city, Cincinnati, Louisville, Indianapolis, but it's still a part of it. So these are like passenger trains that they're... Uh, My guess is like cargo trains for goods. I've never been on a train. I have. I have, actually. I forgot in Chicago when I was dating somebody at the time that lived up north in Hammond. And it was just easier, honestly, between traffic and trying to get through. It was like an hour and a half car ride or a 40-minute train ride. Okay. So it it was kind of... It was odd, but it wasn't that bad. It's you better if you're not in a seat, you better hang on though, because it's a lot of. Oh yeah. Yeah. The only thing I've ever been on, besides a car, is uh, the metro. Oh gosh. We rode the yeah. metro in Washington like su- D.C. The subway, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, I I've been on a plane, planes, trains, and automobiles. Done them all. Boats. I haven't been on like one of the big old charter. I don't know what they're called. Big old boats. Carnival cruise things. <laughs> oh, yeah. I haven't been on a boat. I don't really have a desire to. Like, other than you've been on speed boats and lakes and stuff. But oh, that's, yeah. Pontoons. I think, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a little different. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I know. I, this is this is kind of the slow-moving stuff. Well, I swear it gets more exciting. I have the exciting stuff. <laughs> you do have the exciting <laughs> stuff. Uh, in 1924, the Commercial Club of Madison changed its name and established the Chamber of Commerce of the City of Madison to aid business retention and expansion efforts. The organization, <laughs> my cats. <laughs> I wish I could go. He an never comes out, and when he does, I, oh he's yeah, like, this I is Speedy. <laughs> I think most of you know by now. Speedy is the elusive cat that we said you'll never see if you ever end up in my house. And here he is. He's like, now's the perfect time <laughs> to use this kitty box. You're just you never. You're the least. I, Speedy, you've never come in here while we've been doing this. When you have to go, you have to go. You can't help it. I guess. And he is doing a bang up job on cleaning that up. Which he can, that's more than his sister can say. Lady's disgusting. She basically just scratches the air and is like, mm-hmm. That's and walks good. out. She's just wafting. No, and I learned that because I looked it up. I'm like, why? And apparently <laughs> cats will assert their dominance by not covering up their stuff. So, and she's the only one that doesn't. She's like, this is my house. And then dumps and leaves. So, are you done? I think he's done. Good Thank Lord. you. Where were we? Okay. The, the organization changed its name to the Madison Area Chamber of Commerce in 1976 with a mission to provide the vision, support, and resources to develop business. Uh, Madison now has the largest contiguous... Contig- oh, wow. How do you say that? Do you know what I'm trying to... Contiguous? I feel like that's not Let right. See. <laughs> it looked like I would, it's not contagious. Do you see where Contingent? I'm Contingent? No. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's this... This... I'm going to highlight it for you. Okay. That word right there. Contiguous. Contiguous? I think guys whatever (laughs) it's the has the largest fill-in-the-blank national historic landmarked district in the country and features major architectural styles from the 19th century and early 20th 20th centuries Ooh, this is the stuff i'm excited about maybe it'll bore you guys but what is the word it was contiguous contiguous here oh contiguous sorry 
Did it say contiguous? Contiguous. Okay. Contiguous. Well, I anyway, on it. Uh, it now, well, whatever it, it now has the largest contiguous national historic landmark district in the country. Like the whole, the, the whole thing. Just not, not Indiana. Yeah. Well, and all it, y'all. And features major architectural styles from the 19th and early, early 20th centuries. Madison's entire downtown, over 1,500 buildings on approximately 133 blocks, is listed on the National Register of Historic Places. And I'm telling you, if you've never been, there's good reason these houses are nuts. Like yeah. every ha- I like as we were pulling in, I pointed one. I was like, "Ooh, I like that one." And Maddie's like, "You're gonna like a lot more than that." Oh, <laughs> and it yeah. just kept, it just got better and better. Yeah, but if you've ever seen or known of someone who owns a historical house, you know that they literally cannot make certain changes, or they lose that historical title. Well, so to be fair, and I think actually this is what it's saying is it's listed. These things are listed on the National Register of Historic Places more i would say 75 percent of the houses we saw on the tour were city owned people don't live there anymore they're owned by the city there's caretakers Mm -hmm. but no one like actively lives in those buildings anymore they're they're solely to keep it period to uh, keep up appearances yes (laughs) yeah which i don't know if it's going to cover in this i'm going to talk there's now now we're going to funnel down to specificer is what oh, i put good god <laughs> and this is the last chunk of specifics that i'm going to get into and then i will probably cover a little bit of my trip if they don't cover the things that they talked about here i'm trying to burp i'm <laughs> sorry just actively gashes i know <laughs> you can't stop can't stop won't stop <laughs> okay so the National Historic Landmark Madison Historic District, that's the whole title, is tucked away in limestone bluffs on the banks of the Ohio River in southern Indiana. Think of like Turkey Run style if you're from around that area, mm-hmm. like the giant walls that are just, dr- it's beautiful. Or Bedford. Yeah, it's Bedford. Makes me think of Bedford, Indiana. Yeah, it's, and actually, I think this came from the National Park nps national park services i think or something like that so Mm -hmm. it's going to cover it's obviously interested in that aspect and on that list i think was bedford turkey run things like that okay and it's tucked away on the ohio river yes the more than 130 block historic district is the home of a superb and very large collection of historic buildings if you're not into this, sorry, not sorry. I love historic buildings. So, yeah. and that's that's honestly, as you can tell, the big draw to Madison is how old this place is and how well preserved it is. I am kind of bummed because they talked about like the brick streets and stuff. They're not there anymore. No. Like they're like, oh, this used to like. There's pictures of the houses and you can see the brick streets in the pictures, but they're not brick anymore. So that kind of sucks. Oh, okay. I mean. <laughs> aesthetically they're very nice but if you've ever had to drive on brick streets there are some here in Terre Haute. i think we have like two yeah they're kind of a pain yeah if we're being honest uh together so these buildings together they reflect nearly every period of the town's development between 1817 and 1939 ranging from federal style and greek revival mansions to vernacular shotgun houses to institutional and industrial buildings and a vibrant main street commercial area lined with two and three story historic buildings (sighs) so lots going on the federal style greek revival columns everywhere i I love it it's great (laughs) And visitors will enter a place that is still a compelling and lively embodiment of pre-World War II small-town America. Now, here's the cool thing about Madison. 
as a hotbed of anti-slavery activity and an important stop on the Underground Railroad before the Civil War, the historic district also brings alive the story of abolitionism and the the flight of slaves from bondage to freedom and those who helped them escape. Which, now that I'm thinking about it, makes sense because Madison is on, like, right on the border. Mm -hmm. Kentucky was not so forgiving. Mm -hmm. So Madison would be a good out. Right. And using the river to travel and Mm -hmm. things like that. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. In Madison, free African-Americans established a community with commercial enterprises and independent households. So very cool. Very nice, I will say. I did not see. I don't know what it was then, but what it is now is white. It oh. is white. I'll tell you now. I think I saw one black person the whole time we were there, and it was my girlfriend's sister's boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Fiance. They're engaged now. Oh, yeah. So congrats. Yeah, I know, right? She's she is so wild because uh, her sister, this sister, she has two other sisters, but this one's only. I think three or four years younger, four-ish years younger than her. But she's like, dang, like she's really out here getting married, huh? <laughs> like it's just, I mean, when, when you, you know, know, you know, you know. know. There you I go. I was gonna <laughs> say it, and then, yeah, can't do that twice in one episode. <laughs> <laughs> but good for them. Anyway, incorporated in 1809, Madison quickly established established itself. <laughs> it quickly established itself as a significant cultural and industrial town in the old Northwest Territory, sitting prominently on the Ohio on the Ohio River, like I'm over here at Ohio State or something. The Ohio State University. <laughs> I hate when they do that, but like, whatever. I guess if that if that's what you're into. <laughs> Uh, Between the hubs of Cincinnati and Louisville, the town became a lifeline for transportation and industry in the middle territories of the country. Waterfront factories drew commerce and wealth to the town, attracting settlers from the East Coast, along with an entrepreneurial spirit. Man, I thought I had it in my mind. I knew I had it. (laughs) Entrepreneurial spirit. I still butchered it. (laughs) So. Thank you. Settlers brought to Madison architectural styles and culture practices that flourished. Federal style architecture, first adopted by wealthy merchants in New England, is the most common style found in Madison. If you don't know what that looks like, look it up. It's wonderful. I'm going to keep going. Like I said, I'm going to cover a little bit of my trip if I can, if time allows, which it does allow because it's our podcast and we do what we want. Mm-hmm. So we'll move on for a moment. <laughs> New England, that's the most common one in Madison. Well over 400 federal style buildings grace the district. The Jeremiah Sullivan House at 304 West 2nd Street and a group of federal row houses in the 500 blocks of Defer- <laughs> 500 blocks of Jefferson Street illustrate the very fancy uh, Sullivan House and more modest federal row houses characteristics of federal balance and symmetry. It is true. It's like zero to a it's like zero or a hundred not a lot in between literal mansions or like they said shotgun row houses uh so all in the same style but stark differences yeah greek revival style architecture of the same period is marked by small porches and columned entryways reminiscent of greek temples very pretty wonderful Architect Francis Costigan built a number of notable Greek revival buildings in Madison, including the J.F.D. Lanier Mansion at 601 West 1st Street and the Charles Shrewsbury House at 301 West 1st Street, both of which I got to see. The mansion, man, just 
We'll get to it. A native of Baltimore, Maryland, the talented Costigan drew inspiration from the work of great architect Benjamin Henry Latrobe and brought west some of the fine architectural craftsmanship for which Madison is so remarkable today. In addition to spurring industry, the Ohio River also served as a major transportation network for the Underground Railroad and established Madison as a center in the freedom-seeking movement. This history can be traced today through the noteworthy extent buildings associated with the abolitionist movement and its leaders, a distinction acknowledged when the area was named the first Underground Railroad Historic District to become part of the National Park Service Network to Freedom. So, super prominent. I know that was a whole mouthful, but basically, like... Madison played a pretty big role here. Uh, they are noted in all of these different, I mean, the National Park Network to Freedom, like, right. they're known for their ab- abolitionism, their anti-slavery, blah, blah, blah. So good for you, Madison. Good for you. I mean, you are still really white, but like, it is what it is. <laughs> Although the region was relatively tolerant, a fair number of pro-slavery supporters resided in pre-Civil War Madison. There's always gotta be a few. (laughs) The division between pro- and anti-slavery supporters in Madison was indicative of the dangerous struggle between free and slave states taking place on a national scale in the United States before the Civil War. I wanted to say this before... This isn't what we're talking about at all, but just because we're talking about the whole slavery thing, I learned a thing the other day about just how hmm, this country and its history i swear to god so you know can you think of what oklahoma looks like flat i have no idea so no oklahoma is it's got like a normal state then it has that really straight really long rectangle uh the panhandle yeah yeah it's got the pan it's got a panhandle the really long one above texas right oh you meant like the actual shape yes yeah the state of the shape is like it's got the one that has the really long it looks like you can hold it like a panhandle do you know why that is that's a really odd state shape right and it goes way over from the bulk of the rest of the state right it's because there was basically i'm not going to use the right names or anything like that but just know that there was a reform a movement something like that that stated that above a certain longitude line slavery was not allowed so uh, anything north of the 3036 whatever was not allowed so texas in desperation to keep slavery in the entire state sold that one longitude line rectangle to Oklahoma so the entire state of Texas was still legal to have slavery. Neat. Wow, Texas is Texas. trash. Texas wow. is trash. I'm sorry. Well, it's not, not all of I, you. That's not true. I know. In we the have big listeners hubs, in Texas and we know you guys, there are good people but there, like, but good Lord. They were so desperate to keep slavery in the entire state that they sold a longitude line worth of uh, land to the state above. Jeez. Uh-huh. Isn't it frustrating? And when did you ever learn that in school? That was the whole no, con- that was I the whole not. point of that post is who knew that? Because I didn't know that because they didn't teach it. They don't want to teach the the desperate measures at which states People took went to, to yeah. keep slavery legal. Yeah. That's gross. Thanks mm-hmm. Texas. Yeah. <laughs> We're just talking about all these frustrating things. I know. Anyway, well, you know, despite opposition from slavery sympathizers, African-Americans were able to carve out a strong community in Madison. I don't know where they are now, but like, I'm sure they're still there. (laughs) 
the Georgetown neighborhood served as the center of this community and today preserves a number of churches, businesses, and residences of free antebellum African Americans. William Anderson formed the African Methodist Episcopal Church at 309 East 5th Street in 1849. The building was a gathering place for the free American african-american community in madison and a crucial first stop along the underground railroad in a free state it's so like we talked about it before in the past the fact that indiana was a free state is wild to me they nitpicked we were basically what is it sweden switzerland switzerland yeah it's like well if we just turn our back we can't say yes or no but we were technically a free state We sat like this for most of that period like just covering your eyes like what yeah well like i'm not technically lying if i didn't see it you know i don't know had our blinders on (laughs) pretty much i mean indiana still tried but it was pretty wishy-washy depending on where you were sort of thing (laughs) (laughs) well that's a whole other thing i know anyway madison continued to be an important center for african-american life after the civil war there's just a couple chunks more i apologize but it's good like i like history i mean this we cover history in this podcast of places because i enjoy it i don't know about you but i enjoy it. and also i'm learning things like this that we were never taught so right. whatever <laughs> Increased stability after the war brought renewed industry, marked by the construction of factories and residences. One well-known factory still standing today is the Ben Schroeder Saddle Tree Factory at 106 Milton Street, which made wooden saddle trees for 94 years. I don't know what a saddle tree is. I don't, I, I'm nodding I don't, like I agree or yeah, whatever. I, not a clue. But in 2002, the building became the Ben Schroeder Saddle Tree Factory Museum, where visitors can learn about the making of saddle trees and the importance of industrial heritage in Madison. I probably should have gone to that. Say we should. Still don't know it. what a saddle tree is. Along with the growth of manufacturing came the need for more homes. Industrial workers typically lived in simple rectangular buildings, more commonly known as shotgun houses, which rooms were stacked one against the other with no halls or passes, passageways for circulation. That like makes me claustrophobic just thinking about, but there were a lot. There were, a, it's, if you don't know what a shotgun house no that halls is. halls or anything. So you have the living room, the dining room, the kitchen, the bedroom. Pretty much. Ew. Boom, 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 done. Bathroom I mean, you in there shut somewhere. The door, right? Like there's a door. Uh, well, I mean, it says the rooms were stacked one against the other with no halls or passageways for circulation. So Ew, do with that what you will. It's like a trailer, and they put a roof on it. Yes, like a, a whatever yeah. a pointy roof. Yeah, <laughs> I can't think of the actual yeah. name. Uh, a very modest example of a shotgun house is located on 422 East Street. Imagine if that was your house that's just listed here on the MPS website. Like, could you please leave me alone? Modest, get out of here. Get, leave me alone. <laughs> uh, more elaborate homes for wealthier individuals took on popular post-Civil War styles of Italianette and Gothic revival architecture, inspired by the picturesque movement from England they really uh, almost i'm almost there many buildings along mainstream were either built in the italianate style or had establishments added later that were typical of italianate architecture including large cornice bracketing and round arched doors the stribling house at 625 west second street which dates from around 1840 was intentionally altered to suit the popular style of the time with the addition of a pressed metal over the front door surrounded by two elaborate scrolls it sounds as ridiculous as it is 
Okay. So the Stribling House also has a remarkable, a remarkable ornamental iron fence, a tribute to both the wealth of the owners and the use of the river to transport such industry. Notable examples of 20th century styles include a prime example of Art Deco architecture, the Brown Memorial Gymnasium at 120 Broadway, constructed in 1924 and added to in 1939. The building is marked by a huge concrete frame above the main entrance and surface sanded to make it appear like stone oh, they're just talking about more and more houses i was hoping they would get to the main house that i wanted to talk about but they did not so it just says today citizens of madison and visitors alike find much to experience and enjoy in the madison historic district with its fine collection of historic commercial institutional and residential buildings and its quaint streets public parks and gardens the district offers many attractions including a variety of restaurants and cafes antique and other specialty stores bed and breakfasts and more it also serves as a backdrop for annual festivals such as the madison madison chautauqua festival of art and the river roots music and folk art festival i said it right yeah chautauqua it's c-h-a-u-t-a-u-q-u-a yes yeah which actually i was like that sounds very like native american-esque and it is i was like that sounds like a tribe it is not a tribe it's a word within the iroquois tribe that literally means like two moccasins tied together (laughs) why say it in 10 when you can say it in one word you know yeah yeah, you know what's that colloquialism something like that something like that who knows but anyway that's sort of the history on madison they obviously take a lot of pride in their architecture and their houses there is one house there that i saw that has the largest entryway the lar- yeah the largest entry residential entryway in the country it is a 12 foot tall front door Why? and i'm telling you to watch that thing open was like and uh, just oh was my it like God. willy wonka style yes yes <laughs> okay. and then you walk into a spiral staircase that is so wide and so grand that you can see where they have cut out in the wall so the staircase can spiral into the wall and go up uh they pointed to the side like hand painted floors to look like tiles but it wasn't hand-painted ceilings like literally sistine Sistine chapel style painted ceilings Uh you walk into the double parlor with two egyptian black egyptian marble fireplaces one open to showcase what it would look like in the summer and one or closed and then one open to showcase what it would look like in the winter time Uh uh-huh uh the original you know furniture jesus the original furniture that this family owned that like they sat there they sat on this furniture right Uh, the library the dining area which sat 12 you know of course yes yes just uh, everything every chandelier every little detail Mm -hmm. they knew oh and the paint on the walls in that house is the same paint that was painted on it in the 1800s it is the same paint they have not painted over it's not chipped or anything no nowhere what did they use they just keep uh treating it basically so it won't go away but it is the if you touch that wall other than the treatments on it you are touching paint that is uh 200 years old almost 200 years old and i you're not really supposed to touch anything but like how can you not help it i just had to feel it i'm like this is 200 year old paint that was pristine better than the paint in my house but honestly Uh uh-huh 
uh, there was a house. There was. It's going to be residential. They're going to uh, market it as kind of a Airbnb style. There, it's going to be rentable once it's finished. Mm-hmm. But this house. This is another house. <laughs> this lady. One. I'm pretty sure one chandelier in that house cost more than my current home. And she's just talking about like, these people have wealth that I will never even be able to fathom or wrap my head around. Like, I just don't, I don't know how to describe it. They're like, pay special attention to each chandelier in the home. Every chandelier is different and handcrafted. And again, with like the Sistine Chapel style painted ceilings, the restored hardwood floors, the banisters, the spiral staircases, the fireplaces, the each room was specific, one room was like wall to wall, floor to ceiling, red velvet. Oh, Lord. Uh, it, like you can't. And she's just talking about it. She's like, oh, I had these imported from Egypt and I had these handcrafted in Turkey and I had these. It's imported. her home. Yeah, she bought it. And she's like, we're still working on it. We still have to fix. And she showed me pictures. And honestly, the before pictures look like what you would see in your grandmother's house if she happened to have a large living room or something. Uh Like really seafoam green, big Uh, carpeting with powder pink stuff. Yeah, with the curtains and stuff. It was... Grand piano is like everywhere, first of all. In the kitchen, man, if y'all ever get a chance to go check out Madison, Indiana, and if you like historic homes and just fancy homes in general, some of these I like couldn't even. But then, you know what annoyed me? They did all of this, like all of these imports, all of these handcrafted things, all of these commissions. Like I said, one chandelier probably cost more than my house. Uh huh. They left white oak floors. Like, now I know that sounds stupid, but, like, they restored, like, the stair steps were very obviously original to the house, and then the landings were, like, cheap white oak. And the door frames, though, like, if you look, the door frames are actually not treated. They were covered in so many layers of paint, they just decided to paint them again and then put veining in them to make them look like wood. They're like, we didn't want to strip the paint off because there was too much paint, so we painted it to look like wood. I'm like, you could put money everywhere else, but you faux-painted all the doors and frames. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I'm like, what a weird thing to skimp out on. (laughs) (laughs) But these, uh, every house. And then uh, I think a nice segue is, I'll finish with the Lanier Mansion I got to see. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, man. More, again, with more spiral staircases, original floors, original wallpaper, just everything. You can't touch anything. You can't take pictures of anything. But this is a 200-year-old home that is perfectly intact with, so, the, with the original beds and stuff. I'm like, oh, people died in those beds. Like, <laughs> so you can't even see pictures of it online as far as the inside goes? I'm sure you can. Like, the city has probably taken pictures to post, but, like, you personally can't just go in and start snapping pictures of things. Okay. Because I really wanted to because we found in that first house I talked about with the 12-foot tall door had a library, as you do, and with the books that the family read, so the original books in there, and I saw original copies, like 1800-era yeah. copies of Les Mis. Oh, man. And I wanted so badly to take a picture, and Maddie went, don't. <laughs> Basically told me to put my phone away. Please don't touch that. Okay, so that that was a lot. I'm sorry. It 
I'm sorry if it was overwhelming, but I personally really like that stuff. I like the old houses and the history behind it. I also like the fact that Madison, Indiana was like a go-getter as far as anti-slavery goes and abolitionism and the Underground Railroad, blah, 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 things like that. It was wonderful. Interesting stuff. And I very much enjoyed my trip. Lots of wine, lots of good wine, lots of cats. Lordy, if you maybe, get a chance. Maybe next year with the wine and stuff, you know. Oh, that's true. I already know, like, I have no vacation coming in uh, 2022 because I will be using it all oh, to stay home. You don't have <laughs> maternity leave? I do. Okay. I do. So, this is so stupid. I know you guys don't care. My job, <laughs> I get six weeks partially paid like a percentage paid um, but my first two weeks are not paid I have to either use sick and or vacation time for my first two weeks and the last four I am paid a percentage of my wages why I don't know I don't know that doesn't yeah that doesn't make sense yeah it so my, I mean, I'm maxed out on sick time. I don't take sick days. I'm told to take sick days because yeah. I just refuse to call off work. And they're like, will you please go home? Yeah. Um, that's only happened a couple times. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm holding on to that sick time because I doubt I'll be able to take any type of vacation just because the baby's due in May. Right. So I think I mentioned that May 30th, like smack dab in the middle of the year. So I don't know, maybe later. May, I might be able to pull something off around our birthday. Yeah, well, go see Madison. Go get some wine. It'd be a nice lazy trip. I feel like that doesn't require a lot of... It's a nice, it's a cool, like, you know, two and a half hour drive. Just, just coasting along. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. There's finally topography when you get down there. Terre Haute is so flat, I swear. <laughs> uh, no, we're in a valley. <laughs> Just okay. constantly going up what, yeah, <laughs> in every I direction. I, wait, that is true. That is true. Because I, I hate getting on 70 sometimes because it just feels like a constant upward battle. Yeah. God. What? And they'll, and they'll give you a little bit of flat land and they're like, just game, we're still going up. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I never thought of that, but that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Just always driving out of the basin. <laughs> yeah. It feels like you're going 15 miles in the snow uphill with no shoes when you're going to and from Terre Haute. So. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But Kelsey ended with the, is it... Lanier, I swear they were saying it like linear, but I'm saying lanier. Oh, I see. I said lanier. <laughs> oh, I like. I, it's definitely your lanier. Uh huh. It's L A N I E R. Yes, mansion. And Kelsey ended with that because that mansion is supposedly haunted. Yeah, a lot <laughs> so, of Madison is actually supposedly haunted. Be and I mean that makes so sense. Old. Yeah. Yeah, all the history behind it. But what we'll cover specifically, even though Kelsey gave us the nice broad, there's so much history to Madison, it was hard to cut out. Oh, you know, God. we didn't want to skimp on that. I did actually skip some stuff too, believe it or not. Well, I found a nice little article. And I'll tell you the website when I found this. <laughs> I tried really hard to figure out what it was called. And um, I read it as 
these eyes morale these you morale the the eyes more and it's the seymourowl.com oh my god (laughs) i just i didn't know what i was reading for a long time yeah and it just finally clicked so um, all my information's coming from the seymourowl.com suddenly seymour.com yes (laughs) (laughs) and this was actually written in september of this year september 20 2021 wow and it's written by a girl named Kayla. Okay. Because they have tours year round. And actually a note, I don't know if she's going to mention it all in there, is I've never been to this home tour, so I didn't know what to expect. It was like covered bridge festival bad as far as, at times, as far as trying to get into home. There were lines like it was an amusement park. Oh, and you, you mean tr- like traffic wise? Well, and crowd wise. Yeah. And like trying to get into places, it was like 45 minute to hour waits. Like, and her, all of her family was like, well, this is odd. And I'm convinced because they said it, you never had to wait like that before. Hmm. I'm convinced it's because people couldn't go anywhere last year. And so now it's like an influx of everybody is just the doors burst open and everybody's going back out into the wild you know i mean it's good for some businesses obviously other businesses are really suffering it just it makes no everyone wants to go somewhere but you can't go anywhere because nobody is working Uh uh-huh so it's just a we have really put ourselves in a bind guys it's like we want to go outside but what are you what are you gonna gonna do do once you get out there I don't know. That's kind of how I've lived my entire life. <laughs> yeah, let's not spiral. Let's I go. I want to go outside, but where? <laughs> all right, Kayla from the Seymour Owl writes this nice little article, and she kind of covers it all in just a very matter-of-fact bullet point way, which is why I really liked it. Appreciated, I appreciated. Uh-huh. So she gives us this little intro that says, In the quaint riverside town of Madison, a mansion rests just a block away from most shops. However... This mansion has plenty of historical background and possibly something paranormal as well. Wow. Hmm. So here's the quick history. You get a little more history. Sorry, we're not done. I know. This is specifically about the mansion, this though. This is at just least. about the mansion. It's just a very, very short little description. So James Lanier, I'm going with Lanier. Come at me. That's fine. James Lanier commissioned a friend to build a lavish home for him and his family in 1840. And as we've heard very lavish he was a businessman and made many investments that allowed the state to prosper so like the state of indiana i assume james's first wife elizabeth passed away so he remarried margaret mcclure i think is how you pronounce that (laughs) yeah he ended up giving the mansion to his son alexander who somewhat modernized some aspects of the mansion Alexander had a particular interest in gardening. Thus, he built greenhouses and elaborate gardens on the property. Do you remember seeing those? So by the time we got to Lanier Mansion, because it's, you know, December. Right. It was dark already because this home tour was like uh, 4 p.m. to nine or something like that uh-huh and by the time we got to the mansion it was dark so but i mean you could tell the grounds were vast and i don't know if they said it it sits uh, like when you are on the fourth floor because of course there are four floors of this mansion and you look out the back windows you open the three like french door style windows to look at the ohio river Oh. Like they, the the gardens. It's just this big swooping hill down. Uh huh. You go across the sidewalk and you're in the Ohio. Oh, good. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it would make sense because in the daylight we did, we went antiquing the next day because of course we did. And you, you can see it's just, there's a lot of land. Yeah. So that makes sense. Well, I bet it's very nice in the springtime because it says they had very elaborate gardens. If they still keep those up, I would assume to some extent. I would assume. Yeah. The mansion was passed down in the family until 1917 when the youngest son donated the mansion to the state's historical society, Mm -hmm. which is why you get to tour it today. Yes. Now about the tour, which Kelsey told us her own firsthand account. But here's what Kayla says. Well, so this was a different tour. This was like the Christmas you just get to see the house tour. We only saw a fraction of the house. They had a lot of it blocked off. These tours, you get to see the whole home for the most part okay well let's see what you let's see what kayla says let's see about what I missed. it i saw a very pretty sti- spiral staircase and a creepy bathroom oh so. okay <laughs> so kayla says that she's actually toured the mansion around three times and the tour is extremely thorough and interesting the guide leads you through the large doors and the hallway is adorned with antique and luxury items Excuse me, now I'm gaseous. (laughs) The architecture of the house is particularly interesting because the builder intended for every detail to be symmetrical. In the main living room, you'll notice doors that go to nowhere, built for the sheer purpose of making the room pleasing to the eye. So I'm kind of bummed because I didn't get to see that. Like, we got Uh to see a few bedrooms, the staircase, a creepy bathroom, and I think the living area and parlor but they were all roped off like you couldn't walk through. Okay. Yeah, they said that I mean, besides the doors, the stairwell stairwell has a cupola, cupola. Is that how you pronounce that? I think cupola. so, yeah. <laughs> which is I knew I was going to say it wrong. I've seen the word and I just when I say it, it sounds dumb. Um which is essentially a dome skylight at the top of the stairs that will allow natural light to filter through. The entire mansion is built for aesthetic purposes. And that makes sense. And when mm-hmm. you stand at the bottom of that, it's a spiral staircase, of course. You stand at the bottom and look straight up. It's just this cone. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's a skylight at the top. Yeah. I will say a weird little tidbit that Maddie's dad pointed out that's probably true. I don't know. I didn't check him on it. Is at the end, it's probably the cupola that it's talking about. Mm-hmm. At the end, it's basically it gets to the end and then there's this weird spiral like chunk mm-hmm. at the bottom of stairs. Do, can you think about what I'm saying? Kind it looks of. like a cinnamon roll. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was like a badge, like a, a I don't even know what it's made out of. Probably marble badge in the center. Uh And it had like a name and date. And they basically said that was almost like your insurance. Like once the house was purchased and paid off, that was your property stamp. Stamp. Like you own this house. Here you go. Weird. Yeah. Okay. That's all she says about the tours. So I told you short and sweet. Yeah. (laughs) But now we're going to talk about the hauntings finally what we're here for (laughs) she said that visitors have reported several ghost sightings throughout the mansion did you notice anything i assume you probably went during the daytime Uh, i mean ish Ish. it was like seven or eight (laughs) o'clock at at night yeah it's probably dark out i said it was dark okay dummy i said it was daylight and you're like kind of it was eight o'clock <laughs> no because no, i told you i went at the nighttime, so i couldn't see the gardens okay that's right you did say that well did you notice feel anything supernatural spooky it's funny because her parents asked me that they're like do you feel anything and had me get ghost tube out and stuff in the creepy bathroom especially because it was it's always in the bathroom water water flows man well i feel like when we were traveling some of the places we went something always happened in or near the bathroom 
bathrooms creep me out but it was there was a couple rooms it's funny because her mom would point at bed and she's like like certain beds in the house and she's like i don't like that like i don't like looking at it just straight up she didn't want to look at them she's like i just something feels off about that bed Huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that may be in this article that I read it, but there is another one. Someone put it, uh, I like the way they worded it, where they said, you know, some people, I think it was a different article, but they said that um, you're only going to see what you're ready to see. So it's like, you can go out and like, oh, I want to see a ghost. But if you were not physically ready to see a spirit, a ghost, or whatever, yeah. then your body's like, no, no, thank you. Like, you'll write it off. <laughs> but... You can only see what you're ready to see. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going on. Going on. <laughs> the Historical Society hosts ghost walks from time to time as well. Some of these sightings are believed to be of James's first wife, and she is most spotted in the nursery. Creepy. Our favorite place. Our favorite uh, thing is ghost yeah, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, here we, we haven't had this one yet. I'm excited. A lady in red. Wow. La- oh, I want to start singing. Red. Thank you. I was going to start singing. <laughs> you heard me go. I know. I couldn't stop myself. But yeah, we've had a gray lady. I think blue lady. Blue lady. No. White. A lady in white. And now lady in lady red. Lady in red. Yes, I'm not going to sing it. I promise. <laughs> I didn't care. I just went for it. I'm going to sing. Uh, anyway, a lady in red is reported by both visitors and tour guides to have roamed the grounds. One of the most common, however, is the story of little John James. Mm. That's John James. Awful. Little JJ. James's son, who drowned in the Ohio River at age seven, Ugh. by the way. God, what if he was just rolling down that hill and rolled too far? Oh, I don't rip. know. Mm. Many guests have spotted him walking towards the river. Ugh, I don't, gross. Something about, like, if he were coming out of the river, I'd be freaked out. But something about him just casually walking, no. Well, if he was seven years old, it could have very well have been an accident if he was going down to the river to look at like look for frogs or to whatever yeah because there's a little bit of standing area but you could very easily just plop in there so no yikes anyway now kayla gives us her own personal experience okay now i just when i read this i was like doing math in my head and said oh no (laughs) i first toured the mansion in 2010 at the age of about six in 2010 so 2004 she was born in 2004 Ugh, okay uh, i was i mean kayla i like your article but when i heard how young you were i was like <laughs> <laughs> anyway she says she can't recall much from that visit because she was six makes sense she does remember her mom taking a lot of photos on an old camera and her reaction to a specific photo she took Thought they couldn't take pictures. Maybe that may be a new thing. Yeah, could be. The photo is the image in this article, which we will share on our website. Wow. And I circled what she saw. Well, she Kayla circled what she saw. If you zoom in closely, you can see what almost looks like a face in the windows when no one was in the mansion at the time. And I can give you a little a sneak peek. Yeah. Now this this is the 
picture we're not saying we see something this is kayla and her mother believe that they see two faces in this picture and or one face in particular someone else analyzed it and think that they see another face to the right of what you're seeing they believe Uh it looks like a man wearing a hat possibly well that seems odd because it's right where the light would be uh-huh. And I see, I see the hat that they're talking about. And honestly, the face kind of gives me, are you ready for this? It gives me sort of house on haunted hill vibes at the end, not to spoil anything, uh, but when the thing opens up and Evelyn is talking to Vince, yeah. that's what that face looks like to me. Ew, don't like. And then they, she didn't circle it, but someone else shared this picture and said that they... It's like an ascot. It looks a like a woman wearing a kind of almost like a bonnet and she's got her hand up kind of in a weird little on her. I And I can see that. And but, I forget what that is called, but a lot of people said that this picture, if you just look at it from far away, there's something in the background that could very well be causing that distortion honestly hand me hand me your phone you want to know what i'm seeing like from this far away what do you see it looks like a house or something but you don't see a face in that window from far away because what i see above the red circle you know like the typical creepypasta like Uh guy does that thing okay. at the top not look like the creepy pasta face see and you keep pulling more faces from it so that's why people think it's just a your mind's gonna create something exactly it's i mean what it is and i think what's obvious about it is that looks like the reflection of a tree on the outside probably not not to poop on it but basically what that feels like to me because we can keep going back and forth and pointing out well this kind of looks like a face and this kind of looks like a face is it feels a little bit like cloud watching to me Mm -hmm. like you can come up with anything if you stare long enough yeah and that just looks like those are old wobbly windows those are original windows like lead lead glass yeah like if you look at it if you move your head back and forth the outside is going to ripple so to me what i think that is is a reflection of the tree outside hitting Mm -hmm. that ripply window but we'll go ahead i'll read what she has and she she did say she goes on to say that next to this face supposedly you can see a woman's face and both are dressed in older clothing but she didn't circle the face to the right right and not to keep taking over here but i just had a thought so remember way back when i can't think of the it's not the step cemetery where it was supposed to be like you hear a baby crying or a woman crying and it was a tree creaking yeah oh that was the one it was the woman in white lady white super messed up but remember uh my theory on that was that spirits will use the energy around them in whatever way that they can so like maybe they physically can't make the crying noise but like they're using their surroundings to manipulate Mm -hmm. those sounds so like that may just be a reflection in the tree but the spirits are like bending the image for you to see what they can't physically manifest creepy does that make sense yes okay (laughs) she said that they did visit the mansion again last march and may so i assume that would be 2020 Mm mm-hmm and didn't capture any face photos however there was a weird feeling in the upstairs children's room always yeah yeah. especially associated with a rocking horse that belonged to the family i almost (laughs) said a rocking horse earlier i snapped some pictures near the rocking horse with little results because every picture i tried to take was blurry or clouded despite the camera being still and this was just taken within the last year yeah so we're not talking old-timey camera like her mom took in that mm-hmm. first picture. But 
I assume on a at least a cell phone or a nice. Which camera. even those have the autofocus now. So, I she said she did feel something tug on the small backpack she was wearing, mm-hmm. and but it couldn't have gotten snagged on anything. Right. Yeah. Not. No. In that same room, there's a wall where the children put their actual handprints on. So a lot of items in the room were not replicated. And she believes that there is something in the mansion according to what she has seen and photographed. So she ends up by saying whether or not you believe that the Laniers roam the halls of the empty mansion, it's still a great piece of history I would highly recommend visiting. Agree. (laughs) That's how she kind of ends it. And... I don't know. I liked it. I like how it was very summarized, and I like the bullet point thing. I love when people organize things for me. Right, so you don't have to dig through yourself. Yeah. (laughs) They just gave you the important stuff rather than learning their life story before you get the recipe. Mm -hmm. That's pretty sad about the, if it's true, about the son dying. That's a bummer. Yeah, I don't know, but i mean sometimes things are well documented i don't know about that one mm-hmm. and it definitely sounds like a residual haunting if people continue continue to see him walking towards the river yeah i should have there really wasn't much opportunity to do so i kind of wish i would have been able to ask some of the tour guides if they had ever experienced anything haunted but because this is more of a christmas tour i don't even know if they would know about that or be interested in that because well, that's not what we were there know, for christmas tradition we used to tell scary stories yeah go still, back a year still pressing to bring that one back go listen to last year's christmas episode oh, we gotta start planning for that too oh i know oh i'm excited Ooh. i loved our episode last year <laughs> oh my god i was, I was just talking about, about the pooping log i was about to say i was talking about to the other day mm-hmm. i actually i couldn't remember his name so i googled pooping log christmas log <laughs> and yeah. it came up to beat him until he stops giving you treats <laughs> It just is ridiculous. Oh, Tio. Oh. I laughed so hard about that. I did too. That was a good time. But that wraps up the Lanier, Linear, Lanier Mansion. In Madison, Indiana. Madison, Indiana. Wonderful little city. I want, so you said it's, it's not Madison County though. It's just Madison, Indiana. No, it's, I think Jefferson County, That's but right. Madison, Indiana. Yeah. Because when I hear Madison, I'm like, bridges of Madison County. Yes. <laughs> No, Meryl Streep at her finest. Not that. That, that's it. That's all I got for the haunted stuff. That was fun. Quaint little town. Yeah, I want to go. I one just for the atmosphere would go back, but two, I'd like to go back for the haunted tours personally. So, I I would also like to visit. I've never been, so it's wonderful. I should go sometime. (laughs) Yes, when we have vacation time. Let's not get sad. Let's wrap it up. Okay, we can. We can. (laughs) (laughs) Just thinking about all the good times. Right. The cats are crying, too. Everyone's crying. Everybody's crying. Okay, well... If you like this episode and want to see what else we've been up to in other places we've talked about, you can first find us at our website, or so they say pod.com, where we post information about places we've been before places that we've covered if we haven't been able to visit them physically and you can also find links to all of our social media to facebook instagram and twitter we don't have a link on our website yet for tiktok but we got a tiktok too if you want to go find them go check it out i don't know how you would link a tick 
I'm, I'm so dumb. I'm sure there's Honestly, a way. Honestly, I wonder if we could eventually just do a link tree thing. A we link need to tree get one link. together yeah. at this point. Yeah, there's so much going on. We also have links to our Patreon and our PayPal. Patreon is a monthly subscription that you can donate anything from $1 all the way up to $10 and beyond if you're feeling super generous. And all of that goes towards helping us build this podcast and bring you more content. And when we do travel, we get to go to new places, get new equipment for when we do get to go on our ghost hunts, all that fun stuff. But if you're not into monthly subscriptions, I know I've sat down and looked at all of mine. I said, where did uh, where did you all come where from? Where did we go wrong? Who yeah. are all you people? <laughs> you can do one-time donations through our PayPal and that you can donate anything you like. You don't have to, you know, send a specific amount. You can do whatever you like. And that is a one-time donation, but we strongly encourage the, the Patreon. Why? Because it starts at one single dollar a month and you get access to all of our bonus content, like the EVPs that we've captured on our, uh, trips yes to places <laughs> and pictures videos things that we find that we believe we've captured something that we just can't explain and there are some really really good stuff on there so definitely recommend the patreon but we've also got paypal too if you want to do that we also have our merch at redbubble.com slash people slash or so they say where you can or so they say pod yes okay i forgot the pod yeah <laughs> You can find all sorts of stuff, uh, t-shirts, hoodies, backpacks. I don't know what else is there. A ton of stuff on there. Whatever you like. And just with our logo on it, right there. And Christmas is coming. The holidays are coming. So gift it to someone who loves the podcast as much as you do. Or you can surprise and delight them and say, you're going to start listening to this podcast. Uh. Or (laughs) treat yourself. Treat yourself. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with that? Get yourself a little something, something nice. (laughs) And with your Christmas bonuses that you get. Yes. If you get them. That was wonderful. Chris, I mean, I don't know how much I can get with a ham. If I can. <laughs> is that your Christmas bonus? That's my Christmas bonus is a ham. My Christmas bonus was essentially a pat on the back. Like the equivalent of a pizza party. And add a girl. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. job. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Anyway, last week we did our listener episode, and every first Thursday of the month we do a listener episode where if you guys have your own spooky, scary, supernatural experiences that you would love to share with all us and all of our listeners, you can send your stories to our email address, which is orso they say pod at gmail.com, and then we will share those stories on the first Thursday. And we ask at the very least if you don't want to do any of these things i almost i haven't been doing it for a long time and then i did it last episode and it's thrown me off but at the very least if you can't do that it's not the right time of year you can't donate you don't want to donate but you still want to support us in any way that you can we always give you the option to rate and review us wherever you're listening i believe almost every streaming app at this point you can leave some type of review Mm -hmm. or star rating or whatever of course we would love five stars if you want to give less maybe keep it to yourself (laughs) but just that honestly that's really what helps push us out into the world and gets us into other people's ears and onto their into their you know headphones or wherever you're listening your car radio that's how we get these listeners because we're just two girls in small midwest town 
And yes. we have reached all over the U.S. and actually into other countries at this point, which is mind-blowing. And that comes from you guys just listening and then sharing us with your friends. So at the very least, consider doing that, and we will appreciate it so, so much. Yeah. And that's going to wrap up this week's episode. It is. Next week isn't quite... I think we've got two more. Yes, we have two more weeks till Christmas. I can't yeah. scare myself like that. Jeez, yeah, I still got to buy some gifts. I, I, was, I have to Christmas shop. Because yeah. actually our next episode, yeah, we'll have one more and then Christmas, which oh, is the 23rd. All right. I just, I want to do something exciting for Christmas. We did last year. I know. I pulled out some pretty cool stuff last time. <laughs> but we'll see you next week for a new spooky place. Yeah, we'll see you then. Peace out. Okay, bye. Bye. Mixing and music by Kelsey Ingram. Visit us at our website, or so they say pod.com, where you can donate to our Patreon or PayPal, check out our merch at redbubble.com, and find links to all our social media. Episodes can be found on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your favorite podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to leave us a glowing review. Thanks for listening, and see you next week. <laughs>